Welcome back to the Perth Business Podcast. In this episode, I chat to Charlene Clark, Managing Director of Catalyst Central, Founding Partner and Chief Vision Officer of Exodus Tech, Chief Vision Officer of Job Activator, and so much more than that. Charlene and I had an awesome chat, um, talking all things life, background, starting a business, doing an MBA, and joining a partner in business and the intricacies of how that works. Give this episode a listen and let us know what you think. Can you tell me your the story behind your coffee order? So how did you figure out you liked a honey. soy <laughs> flat white with honey? And the lady laughed at me because she was like, I was reading it from the phone and she was like, that's not your order, is it? And I was like, can you tell? <laughs> I'm an oat flat white gal. And even I took a while to like not be a wanker asking for oat and then realized <laughs> it's just me being like I don't want to shit my pants today please just give me oat milk so what's your story behind the soy flat white I love that I don't want to shit my pants yeah today. um so the the soy I actually have like a case in allergies so I have food allergies okay yeah I have like an autoimmune condition mm. um so I drink soy milk um, I'm just, but like, I'm just not like a milk cheese kind of eater, drinker. Yeah. Um, look, the truth is, <laughs> cause let's be real, putting honey in your coffee is a little bit wankish. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, sorry, flat white, with honey. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, what's that? I'm like, with honey. <laughs> um, especially considering like, I, I don't really consider myself like a, a hippie or anything like yeah, that yeah yeah so basically um a couple of years back when I met my business partner uh-huh. he has an almond milk long mac topped up oh, with Jesus. honey oh. yeah took me forever to remember that um and I was like why in the heck are you putting honey in your coffee and so he's like a chippy by trade and everything he's yeah. like actually a little bit more like he looks rough around the edges yeah. he's not um but he looks a little bit rougher and I'm like dude honey and he's like try it try it yeah so I did yeah. and because like I can't have like caster sugar and stuff yeah. um I like added honey and since then it's like amazing Magic. yeah okay I'll have to try it I almost because sometimes when I order coffees for guests I'm like I should just get what they get so I can experience what they're experiencing um and that's probably like it's probably a good thing to try right like 100% yeah I'm a coffee snob though like I'm very much like I like a certain type of bean I don't like it too yeah. bitter I like it sweet and like a sweet bean rather than like a sweetener yeah and then like, I like it to be a much smoother kind of flavor. Yeah. So I also, once I find a good coffee shop and stuff, I'm very much like, yes. Yeah, I'm that's my keep thing. Yeah. yeah. I find that as well because there's a nice one down the road from this studio called Perfect Perfect Pantry. So the P-E-A-R effect mm. pantry. Um, really like their coffee, but they, they take way too long to make the coffees when I have, like, interviews. So I'm a bit worried that it's going to, like, run over. So I go to the one down the road from me, and I just realised I've put my nose on the writing. I probably have brown on the tip of my nose from the texture she's used to write my order. Oh. Nope. <laughs> Can you see that? Oh, oh, it comes off. <laughs> yes, it does. I love that. And then you're walking around all day with a little, a little line. spot there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like Kopi, Kopi Seru, which used to be Little Matcha Girl in Como, because it's literally beeline from my house to the cafe down Mary Street. Um, and I love it. I really like it. So yeah. Yeah. Nice. So we met at She Codes. Yes. So thank you. Do, what do you prefer? Is it Charlene in totality? Are you like, are you like, um, Cher or Madonna with the one name or do you have like a preferred... Do you get Charlie? So, oh, that's an interesting one. So Charlie, <laughs> I haven't gotten since I was a kid. Yeah. And uh, I probably 
um, that's like attached to a certain person actually. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like I, I haven't been called Charlie since he's passed away. Oh, okay, um, yeah. So probably not so much Charlie, but it's a funny thing. I, I feel like I get like Charlene when I like someone's annoyed at me. <laughs> Charlene, <laughs> right? Like yeah. it's very yeah. like my full name. You can get hell like angry behind yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good little cadence where it dips down. Right. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So I don't know. Like overall, I mean, I'm. I'm pretty bogan at heart, so like I've I've got the whole Shaz or Shazza. Oh, I love that. I get Shah. Uh, if you're a niece or nephew, it's Shah Shah. Yep. Um. Or yeah, like Charlene Charles. Um. I don't know. Yeah, people come up with some interesting kind of yeah kind of variations to it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not completely different. I like that. Um. Let's get into your business journey as a business owner and an owner of a company of businesses. <laughs> Tell me how you started. Um. I'd love to know the beginning of that story. You're uh, like, well, let's start. Are you from Perth? No. Okay. Where are you from? Uh, so I was born in Geraldton. Yeah. Okay. So I was born in Geraldton. Um. You know, kind of initially grew up in Spalding. Mm-hmm. Um. We weren't a particularly well-off family, mm-hmm. lower socioeconomic area and background. Um, you know, my parents very much growing up, uh, we, we did not have a lot of money and, you know, bankruptcy was, was not a foreign concept to me as a child. Mm. So, you know, from that side of things, as I kind of grew up and, and went through life, I was very focused and very ambitious. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be in that world and in that environment Mm -hmm. just because of what I'd seen and what I'd been exposed to and the challenges that come from all of that. Um, it meant that, you know, once we kind of left Geraldton and went to Caratha and I was in high school and everything like that, I was really not doing very well educationally. I almost failed year nine. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, remember my dad just having some really strong, strict conversations <laughs> with me to be like, where are you really going and what are you really wanting to do? Because, you know, I don't particularly want a teen pregnancy yeah. on my hands kind it's of like thing. like I'm forecasting your future right now. Right? Yeah, like thanks, if dad. this is where you want to go, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I kind of uh, do what I do when someone pitches me with a challenge mm-hmm. and I flipped it on, you know, just completely flipped the script and went, fine, then I'm going to do extension classes mm-hmm. and I'm going to go to university and I'm going to make something of myself and I'm going to yeah. do something. Um, really struggled through year 10, 11 and 12 because I had to like go back and reteach myself stuff that I'd yeah. missed. Um, and then somehow managed to get, I say somehow, through a ridiculous amount of long hard hours yeah um of study and reteaching um I managed to get into UWA mm-hmm. so um you know like obviously once I went to uni and I did a bachelor of commerce at the time I did human resources and I did industrial relations yeah um but I did small business management then okay and I don't know why I chucked that on yeah it didn't make sense at the time yeah um but I could do like I could, I was looking at all my units and I was like, wait, I can fit three majors into my bachelor's degree. Yeah. Um, and like I said, me being me, I'm, I'm that person where mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I can do this. Let me supersize. Yeah. Like, let me just, <laughs> you know, go up a level cause I can. Yeah. Um, and like when I was at uni, because I had that educational gap, I had to repeat four of my units twice. Wow. So it's not like I, you know, to fit in three majors, it was like one extra 
semester yeah, just, yeah oh not at all yeah right? <laughs> like I I took what was like a, a three-year degree made it three and a half years and overloaded in one mm-hmm. of my my trimesters so yeah you know and then kind of coming out of that I I got a job my first job with Rio and or Rio Tinto and and that wasn't as a grad program or anything like that it was purely from just having coffees wow. with people and I got given this amazing opportunity um, by two two people that I don't even think they realised they fundamentally changed my life. But yeah. between Charlie Burns and Michael Beck, they were two people that just gave me an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's really stuck with me throughout my entire life because yeah. I'm like, wow, like I I didn't really have great grades at university. I just had tenacity and persistence. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, I went and had... A, a coffee with these with Charlie first then then Mike and you know the outcome of that was I was getting offered a contract HR advisor position and I went in and I was doing data analytics I hated maths I was terrible <laughs> at maths but I was like yes I can do this yeah. like I never said no to anything yeah. right yeah. I was the yes person I yeah. was like you open the door I'm gonna step through it because I didn't I didn't want like what was driving me was I didn't want to be where I'd come from mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't want that life for myself. I wanted away from that kind of life. And then looking forward, I went, the only way I can get you know, out of that space and into a new world is to just say yes to everything and see where I end up. I love that. It was challenging. <laughs> um, I learned Excel. I spent hours learning Excel yeah. um, because my maths, like I said, is not great, but Excel is my friend because it's got all the formulas and everything. Yeah, I love, I love Excel. Right? Yeah. All you have to do is know and understand statistics and how to convert statistics yeah. into information yeah. that business decisions can be made on. So I learned that as my first job yeah. out of university. Yeah. From there, at the end of that three-month project, Michael offered me a spot on the grad program with Rio. And like I said, if I had have applied, I wouldn't I wouldn't have gotten that job. My grades yeah. did not compare to the other people that yeah, I right. went through that program with. When yeah, I asked them, enough. yeah, like, and I'm talking these these chicks were amazing. Like their grades were off the charts. <laughs> like this the the intellect that they had mm. when like I'm not gonna lie it was intimidating mm. just simply because I like especially early on felt like a bit of a fraud mm. because I didn't apply for the program I was given an opportunity and I really I felt like I worked or had to work twice as hard to earn my spot in yeah. that program um so I did like I I learned every base foundational element that I could around the HR framework and what that looked like and what that meant around, you know, REM and BEN, policies, systems, wow. headcount planning, workforce planning, data analytics. That's a lot of reading. <laughs> 100%, right? Just because I, I wanted to prove that I was good enough to be there. Yeah. So in some respects, some people are like, that's a bit of a chip on your shoulder. Mm. I was like, not at all. Like, for me, it's it's not about the chip on my shoulder because I was still supporting and, and uplifting the people around me. I was simply just trying to prove that I could stand next to them. Yeah, right. Do you know Isn't what I mean? Isn't that funny? Yeah. I find that so interesting because I hear that a lot from business owners who are like coming from not even a disadvantaged place, but from a place where they feel like they're the imposter in the space where they're wanting to be or, you know, where they find themselves. Very interesting. So was was that the hardest part about you know, working in that sort of space is actually trying to prove yourself? Did you find that the biggest challenge? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think it's, there was probably two aspects. One was um, feeling like I had to 
prove myself and my intellectual ability. Mm-hmm. And secondly, was was probably just the social aspect um, from a socialization perspective, mm-hmm. particularly because of where I've come from. Um, the the type of socialization is very different, right? Um, and I don't <laughs> even now. I'm, yeah, I'm terrible at corporate politics and it's, it's a different world isn't it <laughs> I suck at it I'm too I'm too blunt I'm too direct I hold people to account because I hold myself to account mm. you know I the team that I have around me now that I've built like they know if I give feedback it doesn't come from a bad place it comes mm-hmm. from a great place because I want them to do better and I yep. want them to level up and grow and become something more um, a lot of people can't handle that though mm. not in a bad way it's just if you've never been challenged in your life yeah. and you've never really had someone sit in front of you and be like, yeah, look, you know, you, we probably should have all contributed in a bit of a different way here. What does that really mean and look like? Mm. Well, each of us are a part of the process. So what could have we done differently to make us successful as a team? Yeah. Going through that process with people, they don't want to look in the mirror mm. and reflect and be like, oh, well, this is what I did and this is what I contributed so that we didn't succeed. Yeah. You know, and yeah. once you get into a team environment, you've got to do that. Yeah. So it, it's a very, you know, po- from a social relational perspective, mm. I was, you know, even now when I go back and I talk to people that knew me as a graduate or early on in my career, they knew me as ambitious, they knew me as tenacious, they knew me as direct and blunt, mm-hmm. but they also knew me as kind and supportive and someone who would just ask a lot of questions I was never afraid to, so as much as I say, like I was trying to learn and prove my worth and my value and my right to be there. If I didn't know something, I would also ask the question. Yeah. So I feel like that's transparent as well. Like very, because I always, always start when I have a million questions about something. I'm like, just to be honest here, I like, I understand the question. I have a million questions because I want to understand it better and do it better. And like, if it's a silly question you know what, I'll, I'll know that as soon as you answer it because then I'll be like, yeah, that was a dumb question because it was there. Like I knew that or it should have been obvious. But no one has ever turned around and been like, that's a stupid question. I'm not going to answer that. Exactly. And if they do, they're a... That's know. a reflection on them, <laughs> not Exactly, on you. yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I think direct is good, but I like that you said well, um, kind as well because I feel like it takes someone who um, has a bit of both and a bit of empathy to manage people and run a strategy from like beginning fruition to the end you know I feel like you can't just pride yourself as being a blunt asshole and be like that's just how I run things like that's not how it works when you're working with people um there has to be compassion Mm. compassion and empathy and the ability to walk in someone else's shoes Mm. and I think you know for me the reason why like these days I'm very proud of where I come from Mm. I don't mind that I've been through trauma and that I've seen a ridiculous amount of stuff that I probably should never have seen and that it's been hard and challenging because it gives me compassion mm-hmm. and it gives me empathy and it it means that when someone is going through a tough time or they're not maybe making what I would perceive as good life decisions, I can kind of sit on the outside and go, okay, you know, what's driving you to make those decisions? Why do you feel that way? Oh, okay, so you're being influenced. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. But what what do you want? Yeah. Where do you want to go? What does that mean and look like? Mm. You know, and it means that you can hold space for those conversations without being judgmental. 
And I think that's that's the critical thing. I think we're kind of moving into a space and time within society where we're not showing respect to each other at any level, layer, gender, religion, you know, it doesn't society culture like that that list is huge Mm -hmm. and i'm not going to touch on the more controversial ones right (laughs) now um but you know i just think if everyone got back to that base element of we're all humans yeah we all have our own life that's happening behind us and Mm -hmm. our own issues going on if we enter a space from a position of respect that conversation is probably going to go a lot better than if we're there disrespecting someone cutting them down trying to I love this one. Trying to put our opinion yeah. and force that on someone else. Yes. Yes. Let's stop that. They can't see me, but I am bowing down. Yes. <laughs> I think and you made a good point as well about asking questions because there is a very clear distinction, in my opinion, uh, between people who have a question that they were planning to ask and people who genuinely have a question that they needed to ask. Don't you love sitting in the room where there's someone who is not even listening to a word you're saying but they're like, they're asking questions and they're intelligent questions, but they're completely, obviously preconceived and they're just there to hear their voice. And it's like some narcissistic, like, oh, I want everyone to know that I have this great question. And you're nodding. Like, I'm nodding. Like, I'm, I'm like, yes. so <laughs> familiar with this. But that's why I love it when someone comes to me with a question or that I hear them ask my manager a question or whatever it is, because it's like, yeah, you go girl or boy, whatever, like you go. You're a, you're a go girl in my head, whether you're male or female. It's that spirit of you go, get it. Yeah, I like that you said that as well. I think it's the element of um, so I simplify everything, mm-hmm. right? If you come to me with a question and you've made that question so complex that I have to sit there decode. and right decode <laughs> yeah. what you've said and really overthink that, <clears throat> yeah, like. I'm an intelligent person, Mm. right? I have multiple degrees. I have multiple certificates. I'm constantly training and upskilling myself. I'm working, yeah. 100%. So if you come to me (laughs) with a question and I'm left like just blinking being like, (laughs) what? Then I know you're either doing one or two things, right? It's either that you're trying to cut me down, Mm -hmm. which makes me very kind of self-absorbed. Yeah. Or it's a reflection on you and you're not feeling safe or secure Mm. or there's something going on for you internally that goes, oh, you're not feeling comfortable in the space you're in. So you're trying to prove yourself. Yeah. I choose the second one Mm -hmm. and then I pull it all back and I go, okay, let's break down what you've actually asked and Mm -hmm. get to the the actual pinpoint of what you need to know Mm. and what outcome are you looking for out of this question? Yeah. Quite often the question they asked and the outcome they're looking for, two totally different things. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And is it how they've communicated it or no, it sounds like it's the reason why they've actually communicated that, which is that they, yeah, wanted to, some insecurity, they wanted to speak up and say something, but didn't have anything of value to say. Yeah. 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 Most people at the end of the day are actually quite insecure. Mm. To find people that aren't insecure and are just like walking around with their head held high being like, I'm loving life. That's not true. I have a gazillion insecurities. Yeah. Right? I own them. Yeah. The trick is not transferring them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can you delve into that a little bit? So when you're insecure um, about something, people people these days talk like, oh, so there is a big movement around this whole narcissistic, mm. you know, work sociopath thing, right? There's a part of me that also wonders how much of that's just the current buzzword Mm. and how much of it is someone else's insecurities make them behave in a certain way Mm -hmm. and 
you know, maybe that's simply triggering your own insecurity. Mm. So if you've got two insecure people that are coming into a situation that are constantly triggering each other, they're both going to have the perception that the other person's at fault. Right. Right? So if you look at it as everything's an interaction in a relationship, doesn't matter if it's work or personal, Mm -hmm. relationships are 50-50. That means both people have a 50% part to play in whether that interaction is good or whether it's not so good. Mm -hmm. So if that interaction's not so good, what can I do differently next time to make it better? I can only control me. I can't control the other person. Yeah, right, yeah. So you're controlling that 50% as much as you can, and if you can make that 50% positive or, you know, make the outcome, control the outcome in a way that is, um, what am I trying to say, collaborative, I suppose, Mm -hmm. and um, reinforces the actual interest and then the outcome at the end as opposed to trying to just fluff about and then yeah blame the other person for it being like oh they were dumb they didn't know my question or whatever exactly or like, yeah i am better than them they couldn't answer the question mm. right and who are we to say that we're better than anyone else mm. at the end of the day we're all on our own journey through life yeah. and yeah. we everyone has the everyone is intellectual at some level yeah everyone has the potential to do more than what they're doing today yeah everyone's developing everyone's growing so who who are we to sit across from someone and say i'm better than you yeah yeah, like in what way? Because I love that, like, book smart, street smart. Um, mm-hmm. And that is also a buzzword, I think. Like, oh, they're street smart or whatever. And you could probably argue that you're, you're like, in some ways I'm street smart, yeah, street smart because of my background. Mm. But in other ways, because of all the accomplishments that I've academically achieved or in business, also book smart. So then where do you sit? And you're like, oh, nowhere. Because I'm kind of, everyone's on this transient journey, right? 100%. And that's why oh, that sounds so wishy-washy. But it it's not like it is it's true we're all there's no one line or scale or anything like that mm. i really like that so you've you manage a team now how big is the team well depends which one right <laughs> um my core i'm going to talk about my core team yes. so the team that's with me all the time um we are now six strong okay Um, And when I say my core team, that's because surrounding me at that kind of central space um, and covering all the different functions of the business and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then we'll obviously reach out to other people who I can um, pull into support and help as like the workload flexes. Right. Um, But yeah. Oh, actually, I feel like I should be saying my core team's eight people. Yeah. Okay. So you look... So are you... You have a business partner at the moment as well. Yes. Um, and you mentioned at She Codes that you split the load um, and that your personalities are quite different, which I would love to delve into. Yeah. <laughs> so we know a little bit about, about you, um, the empathetic and, you know, direct sides that work well together. Um, what do you think makes a good manager and why do you guys work so well together as business partners? Yeah. So... And this probably links into, like, why... I started a business mm-hmm. actually. Um, so I I met my business partner at uni doing our MBA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm actually like a really quiet, reserved, introverted person. Mm-hmm. I am not uh, the first to speak. <laughs> and I, I very much like sitting in the background. Yeah, okay. Right, like I don't... I wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've had to learn to come out of my shell yeah, massively. Okay. Um, and I actually kind of find it a bit draining. Mm-hmm. So if I'm, you know, at a conference or something, you know, all day, um, you know, I get quite tired. Mm-hmm. Um, my business partner, although um, he he does get that same drained feeling, 
you know, it could be because he's been doing it for a bit longer, but he's much more extroverted. Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, <laughs> I remember going to uni and the, the first time I kind of noticed him, you know, he was sitting at the back of the class and he was a little bit on the cocky side. And, you know, he just had this like really confident, exuberant air about him mm-hmm. that, you know, you will often see in really charismatic people. Yeah. And he's very charismatic. Yeah. He, um, you know, he, he holds an air about him of strength and, you know, but he holds his own space, mm. not in an overpowering way. Okay. Um, and I just think that by the time we did some units together and we we did some assignments together, um, we clicked on an intellectual level mm-hmm. in such a way that, you know, I've just never connected with anyone that wasn't one of my brothers. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, To the extent that, like, me and my brother were actually doing marketing Mm -hmm. together, which and it was in marketing that I met my business partner, Darian. Oh, yeah. And, you know, me and my brother would often look at each other and just have a conversation without actually talking, right? So, So, you know, something would happen in class and we'd look at each other and be like, "Mm, yeah, yeah. You remember that, right? Yeah, 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 he gets it. He gets it, yeah. (laughs) And the funny thing is, is when it came to Darian, we could do the same thing. Mm. And that's the first time in my life that I've actually met someone else that I've gone, oh, wow, like this person gets me. They get how I think. They get how I see the world. And, um, you know, they they really see that there's something more to me. And so it's almost like he saw through the the kind of shy, reserved person Mm -hmm. to realize that actually there was more behind that reservation. Yeah. And... As part of that, like it's, so I was meant to move to Canada. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Meant to. (laughs) Meant to. So the reason I hesitate when people ask me, like, how did the business start and how did all that really come about is because I kind of go, I had this fancy idea of starting a real estate agency, Mm -hmm. right? Because I was working as a HR business partner, um, loved working for Synergy and everything else. Like I loved the people there. I was having a fantastic time, but I was really bored. Right. And... I was trying to really figure out why that was. And at the time, you know, you talk about people who have had a significant influence Mm -hmm. over your life. Um, At the time, I was supporting the COO and CFO and I was having conversations with the CFO, Carl, and we... I I, I mentioned, I was like, I'm thinking about starting a business. Yeah. At the same time that I said, I'm also thinking about moving to Canada. Yeah. (laughs) And he was like, you're going to have to pick one or the other. Yeah, girl. Right? (laughs) Like, you don't don't do both. Yeah, right. Right? Not at the same time. (laughs) No. So then, you know, in conversations with him and exploring what that could really mean and look like, on the other side, I was also having conversations with Darian where he was like, well... You, you could 100% start a business. Mm-hmm. Why don't you? Mm. And I went, because that's a really freaky, scary, risky thing to do. Yeah. And I'm at a point in my life where actually I'm earning good money. Yeah. And he's going, yeah, but what does that mean for retirement? And what does that mean for the freedom in your day? And what, yeah. is, you know, what, what does that practically really look like? Right. So I, due to personal circumstances, ended up delaying my flight to Canada. And in the meantime, Darren was like, just just do it, mm-hmm. like jump in and start a business. If it fails, it fails. Mm-hmm. But if it succeeds, like aren't you one step ahead in life yeah. and haven't you actually applied what you're learning in the MBA? Yeah. So I kind of already had this notion of starting a business, but if I'm being really honest, in the conversations with Carl and the meeting Darian and him going, like do it, 
I kind of went, okay, great. Yeah. Um, the the real kind of push behind me though was he he sent me a logo. Okay. So I now say to people, <laughs> if you want to start a business, create a logo. Visualize minute, it. Yeah. Right. The minute you have ownership, then you, it, especially for me, mm. I was like, oh my gosh, this is real. Now I have yeah. to do it. Yeah. Right. We've got a logo. Yeah, let's print this baby out. Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Where's my shirts? Where's my website? Yeah. Where's all my socials? Yeah. I got my logo. Yeah. Let's get some hats as well. Oh, going. I love that. Business cards. Right. Virtual business cards. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. You know what is what's my my product or service going to be? Let's roll through the business plan. You know what's my corporate structure going to mm-hmm. look like? Like for me, I was just like I was on fire. Yeah. And literally, like since then working seven days a week, 14, 15 hour days, because I'm so just, I love it. Like I get up in the morning and it doesn't matter what's happening. Right. And I've started my businesses through COVID. So I've had clients go into liquidation and not pay. I've had, you know, staff that I'm responsible for their wages and putting their food on their table. You know, the, the amount of stress and pressure involved um, in running multiple businesses mm-hmm. through what are incredibly tough times mm-hmm. um, and starting them from scratch, yeah. multiples, is and has been very intense. Yeah. And, you know, the biggest thing my business partner's done for me is really give that confidence and support. So in the moments when he's stressed or he's angry and he calls me, I'm the calming influence. Right. In the moments when I'm, I don't really get angry. I more just get stressed and anxious and (laughs) worry. I'm like the futuristic anxious one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He will calm me. Yeah. Do these two thumbs up and be like, you got this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's been the, the biggest thing for us. Yeah is just giving giving that confidence and that boost. And there is so much power behind giving someone an uplifting comment. So don't focus on what someone's done wrong. Because I've made plenty of mistakes in the mm. last two and a half years. Like I'm a new business owner of multiple businesses. Plenty of mistakes. Yeah, yeah. We've been there. Yeah, right? we've done that. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't point any of them out. Mm. Every time I start to doubt myself and I start to criticize myself, he goes, hang on a minute. I've never said that. Mm. In actual fact, this is what I think. Mm. And this is what I think the future looks like. Different perspective. I like that. Exactly. I like that. That's something that um, I exactly like you. I'm the worry, like the futuristic worry, like to the point where in the middle of the night I'll wake up and I'm like, shit, don't forget to do this thing on Monday. <laughs> like, dude, write it down. Calm down. It's not the end of the world. Just write it down and get to it on Monday. And I'm lying there at like 4 a.m. like, okay, if I get two more hours of sleep, I'm going to have heaps of energy and be able to do all of this. And then on Monday I'm going to remember going to do this. Like, it, it, it's just not helpful. And then you tend to have that negative sort of, yeah, I fucked up this. This person's, you know, blame as well. This person's holding me back on this. I don't know what to do. The uncertainty and the indecision. Um, and sometimes same as you takes some external person to look over and just be like, you're doing great. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, I am doing great. I'm all right. I'm doing my best. (laughs) It's okay. Yeah. 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 I like that. Okay. So yeah, we've talked about managing a staff, um, having a business partner, where you've come from in life in terms of, you know, that street smart that gave you the insight into what you didn't want to experience as a human being in the yeah. world, as an adult or ever, yeah. um, to then actually pushing yourself to the limit to kind of get to where you need to be, you know, in a, in a sort of 
has that been a sustainable thing for you, that energy level? Um, life, I know life balances, bleh, I hate that. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it is, like, it is a balance to try and, like, get through life without losing your marbles. You know, I don't want to be the 80-year-old lady who's just, like, rocking in the Steve? corner. Yeah, is that you, Steve? <laughs> Karen, you never knew a Steve. Like, who is this person? Like, she's crazy. She's nuts. <laughs> That's the Alzheimer's kicking in. <laughs> yeah, she's at the end of her tether. So what for you is a key learning that you've had you know, on this journey in terms of making it sustainable for you to have a bit of a, you know, longevity for your business and in your life as well? You know, I think you touched on a couple of really interesting points there. And I'm going to give you an honest answer because hopefully it'll help someone else. Resonate, yeah. Right? Um, You know, and the two parts were the journey itself and has it always been you know, yes, you use the word sustainable energy levels, but has it always been consistent? And, mm-hmm. and you know, the reality is it's been a freaking roller coaster, <laughs> right? Like I would find it weird if it wasn't, <laughs> to be honest. If someone was like, yeah, it's hella smooth, you know. It's been a straight line, baby. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, beep, boop, beep, boop. I'm a robot. Like, right? Like, yeah. It's been, like, it's, it's been a clear road all the way. Yeah. Um, no, like, for me, um, it's been very challenging, and because of some of the stuff that I've been through that, you know, speaking honestly, you know, it has caused complex post-traumatic stress disorder, right? So when I've got complex PTSD mm-hmm. and I suffer from anxiety um, and then I'm running multiple businesses mm-hmm. that where I'm responsible for staff and employees, personally responsible for them, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, talk about putting myself in a challenging circumstance just to make sure that I'm triggered, mm. right? <laughs> like, I really, like, I talked about driving ambition and, and give me a challenge yeah. and I'll I'll meet it. Yeah, that's like, well done, Charlie. Like, yeah, self-inflicted. Right? <laughs> yeah. Boundaries for those. <laughs> yeah. So it's been a roller coaster and I have previously, to be honest, I've probably previously been ashamed of that. Mm. I've been ashamed of my down moments. Yeah. I've been ashamed to tell people that do you know what when I hit rock bottom it's freaking hard and I like to get back up Mm. you know it's hard and to to get out of bed in the morning every day and wake up at 4 30 and be be ready to go by five every day um that would be a lie if I said that was every day Mm, right a lot (laughs) yeah some mornings are harder than others yeah right the reality is it's like the majority are easy mm-hmm. because I'm passionate and because I'm driven and because I'm doing what I love mm-hmm. and I know that there's a point and purpose behind everything. Um, and the number of days where I'm like hitting a low mm-hmm. is obviously not that often. Yeah. Um, but I have had very low moments um, where I felt like I was going to break, but I didn't because at the end of the day – there were moments where I just, I had hope and desire for something else. So I kept going, you know, and I think to be in that place and then continue, it doesn't matter what people say about me. It doesn't matter how people come at me. It doesn't matter about people's perception of me. Cause believe me, there's a lot of people in this world mm. who have perceptions of me that just aren't accurate. Mm. Yeah. You It'd know, be weird if they weren't as well. Exactly. So for me, I think, you know, it has been a roller coaster of a journey. And again, it's because of that PTSD side of things. Like I've been through some really traumatic events and mm-hmm. I've I've seen some, you know, a heap of stuff I just wish, you know, maybe I wish I had never seen, but I wouldn't be who I am mm-hmm. 
if I hadn't been through that. Yeah. So I don't really regret any of it. And yeah. I think getting to that space is what's really been important for me. Do you think it helps prepare you as well for, because we don't know what's going to happen in the future, right? Like mm. you could have a nice easy life and sail into retirement and then die peacefully in your sleep as mm. is the ideal outcome. <laughs> but how many people does that actually happen to? So yeah. inevitably you're probably likely to have some traumatic event in the future. Do you think that's prepared you for maybe not literally anything life could throw at you, but for example, COVID, like mm. to even start a business in COVID, most people would be like, that's crazy. Like, especially because at the beginning of COVID, it was a matter of let's wait this out and, you know, it'll be over in a few months. Mm. Do you think that's prepared you, you know, and would you, without those traumatic events, would you have even done that, do you think? Yeah, I think the reality is, like, no. Mm. I think it's all made me a, a very resilient. Yeah. Um, I'm so much calmer now than I used to be. Yeah. I'm. I'm a really, like... On the whole, I'm a really happy person. I can be in the most stressful, crazy situation and literally just be like, okay, what hat do I need to wear right now? Mm. Am I the managing director? Am I a manager? Am I the HR person? Or am I just Charlene? Because mm. when I'm just Charlene, okay, great. I can express my true inner emotion and thought right now that's unfiltered. You know, put on any of those other hats and there's a massive filter <laughs> in the way, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> I think, you know, even the way in which I react to situations now compared to the way I reacted two, three years ago, totally different. Right. I'm so much calmer now. Mm. Um, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I giggle because <laughs> I'm like, there's certain situations where I'm like, yeah, like I previously was was a little bit crazier. Yeah. And you're like, on average now, the calm levels, nice and even. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny because the perception I like that of turning on its head and actually owning it because I feel like, yeah, I sit in a lot of conversations with men and um, like, you know, uh, experienced and professional men. Um, the other day I had a coffee with a professional and he was just really down to earth, my kind of person. We were talking about podcasting. So no, we were getting on, you know. And then his mate came over to us and um, he just waved him down. And the aud- I literally in my head, I was like, the audacity. This guy just walked over, didn't even like, he, I mean, he glanced at me because I was a human being that was there next to his friend. And then he started talking to his mate. Oh, how's that project going? How's this, have you seen Jerry? Blah, 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 blah. And I, like after 10 minutes, um, the conversation, 10 minutes. Yeah. I had like finished my beer at that point. I was just watching. Love observing people, love sitting at bars and like sort of observing people, not like a creep by myself, but like usually in conversation with someone. <laughs> and I just watched him for a little bit and then um, he fell quiet, you know, a little bit of a you know, break in their conversation. I just was like, sorry, who are you? And like, what do you do? And he was like, oh, no, who are you? And what do you do? And I was like, I actually asked you first, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like the audacity. And I'm sure he's a nice guy. But like you said, there's probably some insecurity that was like, I have to walk over there and own this conversation. And in my head, that was all I was thinking. Oh, <laughs> see, what <laughs> you've just, ex- it does depend. And, but like what you've just explained there is, you know, a, a level of arrogance that says more about him than Completely. anyone else. I can't imagine walking over and interrupting a conversation and not introducing myself to both people yeah. and including everyone in that situation in the conversation. Yeah. You know, because again, it goes back to that respectful mm. relationship. It was yeah. very brief and fleeting, but it wasn't respectful. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And by the end of it, like I was still quite polite, but I was also completely disinterested in what he did. But I think it's an interesting one, right? Because 
So I have three older brothers Mm -hmm. and I'm the only girl. Mm -hmm. And, you know, something that I've really had to reflect on through my adult life is I never saw myself any differently. Mm. When it came to a point where I'm like, wait, I'm different? What do you mean? (laughs) I I couldn't really comprehend that. Yeah. Only because, like, yeah, my brothers never treated me different. I didn't grow up playing with lots of dolls or anything like that. Mm. I was being pushed out of trees and playing swords and guns and, you know, playing Risk the Board game and, you know, stuff like that. Um, Or Squatter, which Mm. is, like, the farming (laughs) game. Yeah. Um, So, you know, it was was a very different upbringing. And, And even now when, you know, I... I realistically use my brothers as the roadmap to be like, what could I do differently? I'm not going to say what, what wouldn't I do, but like, what could I do differently? Um, Because seeing how it's turned out for them, I'm not so keen on. Mm. And that also goes for some of the relationships they've had. Yeah. Um, So I do. And I think it's why I have the perspective I have on respect for relationships, Mm -hmm. because what I see is actually women disrespecting men and men disrespecting women And even internally, whether it's a female and a female and a male and a male, there's still disrespect in those relationships. And, you know, something that we we don't often talk about is domestic violence within gay relationships. Mm. We don't talk about domestic violence against men. Mm -hmm. And we actually know that it's underreported in men. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we can say one in six men experience domestic violence, but we never talk about that statistic and yet we know it's underreported. And then we go, well, it's one in three in women. And it's kind of like, do you know what? Mm. Are we talking about this incorrectly? And Mm. do we need to go back to the base of how do we just show respect within a relationship instead of pointing fingers Mm -hmm. and instead of having a blame game Mm. you know can we can we talk about just what that means and looks like and to clarify you know I (laughs) so that people don't think I'm talking out of turn or anything like that like I've experienced domestic violence Mm -hmm. right so again something that I used to be incredibly ashamed of because Mm -hmm. I blamed myself because I went how am I not doing good enough yeah why am I under this kind of scrutiny and pressure and pain consistently and repeatedly for such a long period of time and no one else could possibly love me so I can't stay and there's no assistance from Mm -hmm. police or anything else because I've got no proof Mm -hmm. um so and when I say proof scars aren't proof it has to be in the moment yeah why would I call the police in the moment I'm scared shitless yeah do you know what I mean yeah just hold that thought um I'm gonna pick up the phone and call the yeah (laughs) right like you're actually yeah fight or flight or frozen yeah exactly you've literally got to hit rock bottom and not care about the outcome of your decision Mm -hmm. before you can make the decision to be like I don't care what happens I'm leaving Mm mm-hmm right for to to have to get to that point to no longer care about your life to be able to leave to have the strength to leave that's ridiculous Mm. you know so I 100% you know believe that the services that are available and that do help people see that there's there's a future and I think 100% I'm you know Obviously, that's amazing. Um, But I do think the conversation is a little skewed still. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as a female, I should be the one to say that Mm -hmm. because I have three older brothers. And, you know, I am surrounded by men in my life where, you know, you have, you know, suicide rates higher in men. Mm -hmm. You have, you know, domestic violence is underreported. Men don't get the health checked as often. So, you know, look look at the statistics around prostate cancer and everything. We've just been through the month of November. Yeah. And I actually made the decision not to publish the men's health article Mm -hmm. that we were going to publish for November because of what's happening in Canberra right now. Okay. Strategic. Yeah. Right. So because I took a 
moment mm-hmm. and actually said to my team, like, look, I get that this is something I'm super passionate about mm-hmm. because I'm I'm passionate about equality and equity for everyone, right? I'm not about a singular minority yeah. group, right? Yeah. Like, I just did air quotations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For those who can't see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm about... Everyone deserves to have an opinion mm. and, and speak and, and provide value and feel respected and, and live in a safe environment, mm-hmm. right? So if everyone deserves that, you know, why is the system still so skewed? Because the system's skewed towards women in some way. Mm. You know, like men, men aren't getting custody of kids through divorce. It's mm. very rare. And usually for that to be taking place, it has to be negotiated out of the court system. Yeah, right, yeah. Which means that you're placing the onus on the couple or whatever, the parents, mm-hmm. to have the respect for each other to make that decision. In most cases, how often is that, you know, the 50-50? Right? Yeah. They've divorced for a reason. Yeah. You know, and again, it's it's very much, um, you know, like fortunately for, for you know, my brother, he has, he has that 50-50 custody. Mm-hmm. He's very fortunate. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it means that we, we I do get this amazing relationship with my nephew still, but mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of men that I've met that aren't so fortunate. Yeah, yeah. And the story is not always black and white. Like the normal is grey, right? Like the yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. I love the turn that this conversation. Yeah, has I just taken. realized it just went like completely. Uh, yeah, I social. think it's good. <laughs> yeah, we like the authentic, you know. And I think if your opinion, if you're able to, because you obviously, it sounds to me like you ask questions to understand, you don't ask them to make a point. So the fact that you make a point and your opinion, I feel, is um, highly valuable because you've done the research, you looked at both sides of the coin, you've got personal experience, not just through your brothers, but through your own life. Yeah, I think it's a valuable opinion. I, Wish more people did that, you know, not get themselves in situations that might give them a horrible experience, but have, have a look at both sides of the coin and ask the questions to understand rather than to make a point. Um, and I think 100%, like even, you know, there's been some situations that I've experienced in recent years where, you know, the, the person sitting across from me has really made some decisions where I've gone... I'm sorry, what? Like, <laughs> like decisions that affect me and I'm left st- like sitting there being like, I, I, really? Like, okay, please explain. Yeah. <laughs> what led you down the path to make these decisions? Right. Now, at the end of the day, if you, if you create the space for that to be safe mm-hmm. without offering too much judgment or criticism, yeah. clearly in those moments, based on the tone of my voice, yeah. I was judging hard, yeah. but I was like, this affects me too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you sit back and you create that safe space and you listen and you kind of go, oh, actually, like, okay, I can see the pathway taken and I can see the reasons behind the decisions you made. And, okay, I might not have made those decisions, mm. but based on the cards sitting in front of you and the, the hand you've been dealt, that's – yeah. That's the best decision you actually could have made in that circumstance. Mm. And although, you know, some of those conversations have still ended up being, I don't agree with the path you <laughs> took, but you've made those decisions and you're owning them. Yeah. So I'm going to respect that and support yeah. it. I yeah. might not make those decisions, but you have and you've got your reasons for it and mm. therefore that's okay. Mm-hmm. Again, it's that, that safe space to n- not impart judgment or criticism and instead to try and understand. Yeah why someone made those decisions and how if it was to happen in the future things could be done differently so it doesn't affect me mm-hmm. in such a negative way and maybe affects them in a more positive yeah. way 
Yeah. Different approach. Yeah. And a different perspective, I think. Yeah. I really like that. Thanks, guys. I'm sure you'll agree that we covered a lot in that episode. Everything from business to personal and all the things in between. We hope you really like that one. Make sure you rate us on Spotify, Google Play or iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a message to let us know what you think. Catch you next time.